Welcome to Hope on the Rise Extended Edition. My name is Peter Englert. I'm one of the co-hosts of the show. Uh, I'm here with our host, uh, Dr. Bob Roden. Uh, we're also here with Daniel Schultz, who is our producer. Today, we are completing a series on love. So if you haven't listened to our previous three-minute episodes, they're great. You might want to pause it and just re-listen to those as we have this conversation. But Dr. Roden, it's great to see you. And I, I guess where I want to get started to kind of launch our conversation today is this. We talked about the four different loves that are from the Greek language. But when I use the word love, and maybe many of our listeners, you know, I can say I love my wife, Robin, and I can also say I love chocolate peanut butter ice cream. Why do you think this is so important for us to talk about? Well, you just uh, you just stated it. Let me say right at the outset, Peter, good, great to see you again. Always good to be, be with you. And I'm thinking about all those 200 podcasts that you've done uh, over the years. And now here's another one. So uh, it's just not the same network, but we are. It's just great to, to be together today. The, the very fact that what you have stated, we can say, I love God. I love my wife. I love my sister. I love baseball. And we use the same word that the context really helps us to understand what we mean by love. But in the Greek language, there are four different words for that very reason to help you understand. For instance, if I want to talk about my love for God, God's love for me, I would use the word agape and we use all nouns to talk about these, this love. So agape kind of love. If I want to talk about love for my wife, I would use eros, which is a romantic kind of love. Or if I want to talk about love for my family or particularly my children, I would use the word storge. And if I want to talk about love for friendship, for instance, we say, hey, I love you, bro, as a, as a friend. And uh, then we would use the word philia. And that's the beauty of the Greek language, that we have four different words for love. And that's what we've talked about uh, during the month of February. And because it's Valentine's Day month, it was just perfect to, to talk about these four kinds of love. In the English language, for instance, the I think sort of the accepted meaning of love is a, an intense feeling of, of deep affection. And that, that's what I'm saying when I talk about another person or when I'm talking about God. But there's another uh, meaning of love as well. It's, a, it's a, a great interest and pleasure in something. And I think that's, what, that's the way we mean love for football or baseball or swimming or, as you said, peanut butter candy or whatever. It's an it's a ice cream. So there are, but, but context in the English language uh, helps us to determine uh, what we mean by we, so I love something. Well, let's let's kind of take some time. And again, like I said, if you haven't listened to the episodes, go back and listen. But I think it's really important. Why don't you just kind of drill down those four loves? I know that you kind of talked about the relationships, but I think for our listeners to kind of understand, practically speaking, why those four loves are important. Well, we began with agape, which is the highest form of love in, in the Greek language. That is God's kind of love for us. And we use First uh, John 4.10, which talks about his love as an atoning sacrifice for us, which means it, it, it's an economic. He bought he bought us back. He, he paid the price. And we talked about him paying full price, not a discounted price for us. So we called it an as is kind of love. 
agape. What I also uh, think when I think about agape love is that, you know, Jesus did not love people as categories, Peter. I mean, he didn't love the Samaritans or he didn't love just, you know, I love rich people or poor people. For instance, when he, he said, I love this woman at the well. He sat down with a woman at the well. It's an individual that he focuses on. I think that's a good lesson for us. Mm. It's easy for us to talk about categories of people, but but Jesus loved individuals. What he met with Nicodemus, he, he's not talking about just people who are of high positions. He loved this man, Nicodemus, the individual. And then when, I mean, of all people, the tax collectors, the, the chief of tax collectors, Zacchaeus, he loved Zacchaeus as a person. I think that's the emphasis of agape love, that that God loves us individually. Now, we know that he loves the whole world, but it really comes comes into play when I talk about loving me. Well, then eros was the second word. We talked about uh, loving our, our spouse. It is just important that we said that God created two perfect people, Adam and Eve, and he blessed them in marriage. We said that uh, Adam was the only person who went to sleep single and woke up married. It's a it's kind of a, kind of a unique sort of guy. Uh, and then Jesus, of course, affirmed marriage. Paul affirmed marriage, and so we talked about marriage in the you know for, for in the eros. Then for uh, when we were talking about philia, right, so that's friendship kind of love. And of course, you have Mary and Martha and Lazarus. Great illustration of of friendship love in the uh, in the New Testament. But I think there's also a twist that I, I didn't talk about in the podcast, the three-minute podcast. It's when Jesus was talking with Peter. He, uh, he, you have to move from the noun form of the verb uh, to, to, the, uh, to the verb form, uh, noun form of, of love to the verb form of, of love, sorry. Uh, so when, when Jesus says to Peter, do you love me? He uses agape. And Peter responds with, you know, phileo, the verb. And and three times that conversation goes on. And in the third conversation, Jesus uses that same language. And that's what Peter is kind of disappointed in. And he knows that, hey, I, I God, I, Jesus, I really want, to, want you to know that I love you. So there's there are twists in the New Testament on these words. Uh, agape and philia are the two uh, words that are used primarily in the New Testament, eros and storge, are not uh, used in the New Testament. Those are just Greek words that we get the the meaning from them, and there are, are applications that we could make. So, uh, so we talked about agape, we talked about eros, we talked about philia, and then finally we talked about storge, which is uh, the love that we have for family or children. I want to say just one word about storge that I didn't get a chance to say on the uh, on the on the three minute one as well. You know, when I when I became a father, I really didn't know how to be a father, Peter, because I grew up without a father. I had to learn mm-hmm. how to do that. And I so if we had children. I, I'm thinking, how do you be a dad? How do you, I mean, what do you do as a Christian dad and particularly as a pastor? And I read this book by a guy named Larry Christensen. He was a wonderful Lutheran a pastor. And he said, what are the ways that you can show your children that you love them? is to go in and bless them at night. And so as a father, when I was home, I would go in and kneel down beside the bed, put my hand on the forehead of our children, and I would say, Julie, I bless you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Have a good night's sleep. Go to Rob. 
Rob, I bless you. Same thing, Cindy. And for a, a number of years, I did that. And then when they got to be teenagers, I said, you know, they're they're probably outgrown this stuff. You know, this is going to be kind of hokey to 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 do that. And so one night I didn't do it, and I heard a, a voice from the top of the stairs that, "Dad, aren't you going to come up and bless us?" Wow, that that stuck with them. That action of love of being able to bless your children. So if you're a young parent listening to this, I I would urge you to find a way where you can bless your children at night before they go to, to, to sleep. It, it's a wonderful sense of security for them to know the, that a father took the time to come in, put his hand on their head, and bless them. So those are the four kinds of love that we've talked about this month. Okay. My uh, my daughter Haley, before my second daughter Lucy was born, she asked my wife. She said, "Mommy, are are you gonna love Lucy more than me?" And uh, my wife turned to Haley and she said, "Let me tell you how love works. You know, we're a family. Love grows around the family. There's more than enough." And I think about that story that love grows with us because. In understanding the four types of love, it actually invites us to prioritize our life, um, and it helps us also to respect the boundaries of other people's lives. Um, so, you know, I, I think about what we say about parenting, like the best gift you can give your children is loving your spouse well. And then I also kind of think about how with phileo love and friendship love, that if we give people the place to be them but also the for us to have a place to be us like that's pretty powerful and and it just has me kind of wondering cuz one of the things i told you is i was listening to a podcast and they were talking about how we have disordered love i think Jamie K A Smith has talked a lot about this you are what you love and one of the things that they talked about is like philosophy is the love of knowledge and uh philadelphia it's you know the love of brothers and um, we can talk about that city a little bit later, but I think what I'm kind of hearing from you and kind of drilling down these four types of love is, yes, love does grow around the people it's with, but also there's a priority, there's a rhythm, and in some ways there's a reality of the way that Christianity describes love that's very practical for the way that we live. And, you know, just sort of uh, responding to the idea of loving your children, and in my case, loving your grandchildren, uh, we have eight grandchildren, and uh, someone asked uh, my wife, said, do you love the oldest grandchild more than you love the youngest grandchild? Uh, because she spent a lot of time with the, the, uh, the oldest grandchild when he, was a, when he was a baby. And she said, no, I don't love him more, but I've loved him longer. So we can love some children mm -hmm. longer than we love others, but we love them all the same. That's, a, that's a, another great way, I think, to talk about the kind of uh, the way love goes around in, in a family. And uh, we can we can uh, just kind of walk with that. You know, when you're talking about love, Peter, I would have just I would have just kind of make a right turn here for a moment. OK, and and segue sure. into, you know, what's happening right now at, at Asbury College. I mean, you talk about an atmosphere of of love and devotion. I mean, some people have talked about this where uh, 10 days ago now, 10 days ago, there were, this student apparently stood up and, and prayed and made some kind of confession and it just opened the floodgates of 
of, of people saying, I haven't loved God the way I should have. I haven't loved my brothers and sisters the way I should have. And it's opened up the floodgates to a, 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 a mighty sort of spiritual awakening there at Asbury. And hundreds and thousands of people are coming from literally around the world. And uh, I was just talking with our friend Dan Schultz about this. And made a, he made a, a really interesting observation. He said, this, this kind of awakening is different than, let's say, Brownsville or Toronto. And that those were formed around signs and wonders, miracles and, and, and big things. This kind of spiritual awakening is around confession of, of sins and people coming to Christ and maybe change of character in people. That's, that's an interesting kind of observation. And my response to it all right now, I don't know what yours is. We haven't talked a lot about it a little bit, but I'm just lifting my hands with my palms up rather than my palms this way. I would have palms up and say, God, I, I welcome whatever you're doing and I, I want whatever you have for us and we receive it in, in Jesus' name. So I would invite our friends today, Peter, to say, put your palms up and say, God, Whatever you're doing, we receive your love, and we want to walk in it so that we can be better followers of Jesus Christ. Well, one of the things that I appreciate about you bringing that up, um, so Asbury's in Wilmore, Kentucky. You're recording in Richmond, Virginia, and I'm in Rochester, New York. Um, and there's just some differences. And I think I've heard a little bit more of the critiques, concerns, and uh Today I was talking with my friend Adele, uh, and uh, she's actually in the practice of restorative justice, and she said something that was so powerful that I think about Asbury, and I also think about our topic of love. She said, assumptions are earplugs. Wow. Um, and I, wow. yeah, I just, I've just been sitting on that because I was really encouraged what you said, which is the hands up, but assumptions are earplugs. And, you know, I think, you know... Growing up, Assemblies of God, Pentecostal, um, being part of that tribe, we watched revivals and we yes. saw this happen, kind of like what you said. And, you know, there's some people that was like, hey, I'm, I'm going to go to Kentucky. I'm going to go to Brownsville, Florida. I'm going to go to Toronto. There was other people that were like super skeptical. Is that really happening? And what it reveals and why love is so important is assumptions are earplugs, so I would just kind of challenge our listeners that when we're talking about love with some of these things, and if you're listening to this like 10 years down the road, there's probably something else. You know, our assumptions are earplugs. Can we hold the space that, hey, if we are like a revival fanatic, can we hear our brothers and sisters that have concerns and critiques? And if we're critiquing it, um, can we... Um, can we be able to maybe see how God's working and engage someone better? And um, I just think that when we have less assumptions and open our hearts and ears, first of all, to what God's saying, and second of all, to really listen to what people saying, that is the form of deepest, truest Christian love that we can experience in a culture that doesn't listen today. And I, I couldn't agree more, Peter. That's a, that is a great, great line. Assumptions are like earplugs. And you know the uh, in the scripture, when when the Pharisees and the Sadducees didn't know what to do with people like Peter and John and, and all the things that were going on, Gamaliel gave us another great truth. He said, 
hey, you know what? If this is of God, you can't stop it. And if it's not, it'll kind of spin itself out anyway. And I think time is one of the best measures for these kinds of things. Just just give this a little time. See what God will do. Keep our hearts open. Let's let's see what the Lord has in mind for, for all of us. There's the person anywhere who wouldn't want to say, hey, I want, I want more of what God wants to do in my life. I, I need to find a way to connect with God for that to happen. And apparently in Asbury, a lot of people are finding a way to connect with God uh, for their lives to be changed. And we, uh, and we celebrate that. Whether or not we understand it all is, is another matter. But let's just give it some time and, and see what God will do as we keep our hearts open. Mm. That's really an attitude of love, too, I think. Hey, we are to we're to, to love the Lord our God with all our heart and we're to love our neighbor as ourselves. So let's just let love reign in in this whole uh, whole atmosphere. As G.K. Chesterton says, uh, I think he says God calls us to love our neighbor and our enemy because usually they're the same person. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. you know, so we're we're kind of we're kind of coming to a close. Uh, you know, I think what might be helpful for our listeners uh, just kind of really big picture. You can jump on to any of the four loves or even bigger picture than that. What are some practical ways for people to maybe receive experience and give love that you're kind of hoping, Hey, here's some takeaways for you today. You know, one of the ways I think just being nice to people, you know, we, we live in a busy hurry up world. And uh, I was in line the other day uh, at a, uh, at a store. And uh, I went up to pay. Actually, it was Cracker Barrel. And I was getting a takeout meal. And uh, and as I'm getting to pay, the lady says, you don't owe anything. I said, really? There was a couple standing nearby. They paid for my meal. And I didn't even mm-hmm. know these people. I, I thought, wow. And they just said, we just want you to know that God loves you. I thought, wow, what a, I mean, I'll, I'll never forget that standing in line at a Cracker Barrel just two weeks ago. Somebody paid for my meal. That They did that because they said, hey, we love you. God loves you and we want you to know it. That's kind of an unusual thing, but just in, in our tone and conversation with people, I think is also very, very important. Uh, you know, I we, we live in places where traffic is a problem. Uh, I, I think one of the plays that we really get our our fruit tested is sometimes is in the in the driving in the traffic and just being able to kind of take a deep breath at times as they just slow down, let people go get, give somebody else the right away is a is, is, is a way we could do that. But also I think there's a if if you do have someone that you're kind of gotten sideways with, I think praying for them is is a it is a way to show our love for them that they may not know that at the time, but at some point, if you're really praying for your enemies or somebody that you've gotten sideways with, I believe that God will give you an opportunity at some point to say, you know what? We've kind of been, uh, I mean, the elephant in the room is that we've been sort of crossways with each other. And uh, I I probably have not handled everything right, but I've, I've tried to pray for you. And that that might open up the door. For, for God to, to help help that heal that relationship. They are, uh, and as you said, the way we can show our children that uh, the best thing we can do is to show them love is to love our spouse. So 
I, I was able to, I, I did, I'm so happy with the, just a few days ago, Valentine's Day. I went to the store and I said, I want something exotic. I don't want just a regular flower thing. I mean, Joan and I've been married 57 years. And I thought, you know, it's a, I remember some years when we couldn't afford some things. And, and I went to the store and I got this nice big flower arrangement. It's got a tall piece that had roses like I've never seen before. They weren't red. They were just a kind of a, a, a beige color. And, and the florist said, this is, this is different than anything we have. I said, I want it. I want to take it home. And it's sitting on our dining room table, you know, lo- loving our spouse. And then when your children find out about it, and we had a nice, you know, Valentine's meal, and our daughter wrote, she said, I just love hearing that you and mom had a nice Valentine's meal together. So I think there, there's some ways that we could show love for our spouse. We could, we could talk a long time about love, but we're just kind of running out of time here. But I don't want to say, Peter, you're, you're a great friend. And I want you to know I love you today. And thank you for the friendship that we have, a friendship kind of love and a colleague in ministry. It's great being with you today. Bob, I love you. And uh, it's just been such a joy, you know, when God kind of places people in your life like this. So um, I just want to thank you. And kind of as we close, you know, first of all, I, I hope listeners that you sense uh, first of all, God's love for you, and that would extend to how you love others. I don't think there's a better way that we can close this episode, Bob, than uh, you uh, closing us in a word of prayer. How does that sound? Oh, I'd love it. Love to do that. Uh, Lord, thank you for your great love for us and great love for every person that's in our community today. I pray for anyone today who has never said, I want to receive the love of Jesus in my life. You love them as is. Thank you today that you forgive sins and you make us a part of the family of God. So we trust you now, O oh God, that your love will be spread abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Make sure that you subscribe to Hope on the Rise. Also, uh, Dr. Bob Roden has two books that are out in print and audio, um, Restless to Reconciled, and then also Four Faces of the Leader. You're probably going to be hearing more about that in future episodes. And whatever you do, share this with a friend. We hope you have a wonderful day.